Hi, I'm Alex. And I'm Erica. And welcome to Priestesses Prescribe, a self-discovery podcast based in mystical wellness. We came together as priestesses from different backgrounds and modalities with a common mission to empower and support you on your intuitive journey. We'll aim to prepare you for the energies of the new and full moons every month while expanding on themes that will connect you with your highest self. The priestesses have written you the prescription. All you have to do is take it. Now, let's start our ritual. Hey, Alex. Hi, Erica. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. Today we have a really special episode and a really special guest who is a personal member of my soul tribe, confidant of mine, a sister, a best friend, and I have no idea what I would be without her. But aside from the mushy intro, I do want to give people a little <laughs> bit more information about who she is in her bio. So our guest today is Miss Steph Ann Ferroza Cayetano. And she is a singer-songwriter with roots in Central America by way of Belize, Guatemala, and Honduras. Having grown up in several countries in the Caribbean, she began writing songs as a way to understand herself and the world. She writes songs of healing and light with the guitar as her main medium. Feroza is a firm believer in using music to create space for introspection and healing. And she encourages listeners to encounter their own emotions through her music. She quotes, I write songs from the depths of my soul, medicine for myself, songs for you. And for this reason, she calls it soul writing. Her self-produced debut album, In Her Piece, was released last October. And she thinks of it as a collection of medicine songs. It features melodies, mantras, and affirmations intentionally created to soothe and bring peace to the body. Lastly, but certainly not least, Feroza is the host, co-host of a Garifuna Spirituality podcast that's launching in late February. So without further ado, I would love to introduce our guest today, Miss Feroza. Welcome. Yay. Welcome. <laughs> Ooh, that introduction. It was amazing, Ooh. right? <laughs> yeah, I had chills. Well, it's all true, so yeah. I feel more grounded and settled. Good, good. I'm hearing happy about that. hearing it back at me. Yeah, yeah. It's always awkward to listen about yourself, but yeah, like you said, it's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. For for today's episode, we could talk about so many things, from sisterhood to maintaining relationships across many oceans. But the purpose of today's episode is to talk about using your purpose, passion, and creativity to guide you along your mystical wellness journey. So, Ms. Feroza, I want you to take us all the way back to the beginning. What was the catalyst of your journey that not only allowed you to discover your gift of music, but then inspired you to turn that gift into a career? Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> all the way back to childhood. Um... I have always had an affinity with music. My earliest memories in Belize, where I spent the first 10 years of my life, I have this memory, I must have been four or five, and a, a song came on the radio, and I was swept by this song, sort of like, it wasn't quite possession, but I just remember being like, closing my eyes and being like, wow. And then opening my eyes, and, and mom had just walked through the door and was like watching me, and 
I felt self-conscious, like, oh, I had a private moment and someone just walked in on me. Not so much shame, but just this was a private moment with just me and the song. So I trace it back to then. I was gifted a guitar at 16 and I was a very dramatic, emotional, emo kid at 16. No one understands me, so I'm just going to play this song and uh, yeah, that was me. But it wasn't until I was 22 studying abroad in Brazil, different things happened at the same time. I went to study in Brazil. While I was in Brazil, I started seeing spirits and I started hearing things. And I did kind of feel crazy, but at the same time, I did not feel afraid of the people and the things that I was seeing because I felt very protected. And so it's just like, okay, well, this isn't normal, but they're around and they're they're telling me to do things that are helpful. So, okay, this is cool. I discovered that living in Brazil where the language is Portuguese and so not many people speak English had me opening up senses that I don't think otherwise would have been activated. When you're in a foreign land, you have to watch out for yourself. You're by yourself. That sixth sense opens up. So I started seeing people, hearing things. Songs started coming in the middle of the night. Usually as I'm about to go to sleep, it would just come and I would just have to get up and write it down because, ooh, a song. And it was while I was in Brazil, I'd be singing these songs at the park, just chilling under a tree because that's what I like to do. And people would stop by and say in Portuguese, oh, I don't know what you're singing, but I feel something and please continue. I remember this one time, October 2014, and I can find the journal entry that I wrote on that day where this guy was like, oh my gosh, you need to continue. And I was like, no, 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 this is just for me. Like, I'm just having a moment to myself. And he was like, no, he was so adamant. He was like, no, you must do this thing. Like, you're going to do things for people. And I was like, yeah, whatever. But I always remember that man. I wish I had his email to say yes. <laughs> Thank you. But it started like that. And it, I just let it be. I can't tell you when exactly I knew that this was for healing. I just knew that there were these songs, they were coming. And sometimes they come out of the blue and other times I am so filled up with emotion. I can't tell you what I'm feeling until a song has been produced and then, oh, I feel sad. I feel complicated. I feel disappointed. The song has to come out first. But in that time, this was about five, six years ago, I realized this is for my healing. And the more people pass by saying, hey, I don't know what you're saying, but this is beautiful. I realize, ah, this must be for the healing of others as well. And I've taken that to making a whole album for myself. <laughs> That's so beautiful. Yeah. And what I'm struck with too is, and you brought it back to this in childhood, but this private moment of... Mm -hmm healing or feeling in general just for yourself and then taking that and bringing that to others who told you they were being healed by you. And it's sort of like that concept of other people sort of tell you what you're good at or notice mm -hmm. these aspects of us that sometimes we are like only comfortable sharing with ourselves because it's vulnerable and and sometimes it takes that to really usher in using your gifts in a way that you know we could 
capitalize on. Unfortunately, that's how our society is is structured. Yeah. But you know, to to take a gift and and share it more broadly is what I'm struck by in your story. So that's really yeah. Beautiful. And that's why they say when you see a light in someone, tell them about it and thank them for it because they could probably do something more with it. Absolutely, weaponize it maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's hope not. <laughs> it seems like your your inhibition, as you mentioned, too, of one skill, which is just communication with the world around you, was also opened up your spiritual gifts. And that's also similar to creativity where you might have to have an obstacle in your way in order to figure out how you're going to get around it as a creative method. I know sometimes for me, like to write, if I'm just given nothing, I don't, I'm not as creative as if I have to work within the confines of something. When it came to like experiencing this spirituality and your, your creative gifts were sort of heightening at the same time, did you talk to your spirit guides about what was going on for you in your creative world? No, <laughs> I should have. I should have. <laughs> it's never too late. <laughs> no, I mean, I do now. Yeah. While I was home in Belize, because at the time of recording, I, I've just returned from Belize back to Spain, where I live currently for now. <laughs> while, I, while I was in Belize, I spoke to a healer because I have this theory that spirit guides, ancestors, different names for the same thing. I have had this theory that the people around us rotate. I feel like our ancestors decide, ooh, this descendant is going to Brazil, so I'm going to come along. Oh, well, now she's back in America. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be here. But oh, yeah, you can, you know, we can switch out. And I told this healer and she said, yes, they do rotate. But I do have this one woman who walks with me. She is my spirit guide, but I don't call her my spirit guide. I just call her the woman that walks with me because that just feels more appropriate. She walks with me. When she first appeared a few years ago, and I still wonder at this, but other people have seen her, so I know it can't be. But I used to think, is she just an older version of me? Or is she an ancestor? Or is she just the spirit that is a lot like me? And so she just comes with me, you know, and does what I do because we're very alike. She's older and she's a little intimidating, but she's really cool. And I think my songs come from the source of all things, God, whatever, I call it the source, but it also comes from her. And early on when I started performing just to see and test out my songs in the public, I used to think, and it, and it was true, it was her coming through. And even when I record, like recording for the album, it's like me and her, it's a, it's a mixture of me and her, not quite possession, but low key kind of possession. <laughs> and I've had to form a relationship with her and be like, hey, let's chill, let's relax. Or okay, can a song come now? Like I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And it's a, like any relationship, you have to get to know a person, like you gotta know your partner. And at this point in time, as I'm talking to you ladies, I can say that we have a partnership a solid partnership. But in the beginning, it felt like straight up possession. It felt like I didn't have control. I wasn't exactly scared, but it was just very exhausting because after a show, after writing a song even, I'd be knocked out, wiped out. 
And at the time that I met Erica, you made a beautiful scrub for me because I was like, this exhaustion is too much because I'd be knocked out for two, three days, can't function. And at the time I was going to law school, which you need to be able to do things. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning of this spiritual journey, the people around me were, it was not her, but other relatives that I hadn't met, but I knew about them. And I described the people that I was seeing to my mom. It's like, oh, that sounds like so-and-so or ooh, this other person. And I was like, well, they're around and they love me a lot to the point where I'm being annoyed <laughs> by them. I don't know if you've ever been overloved by a spirit where they're like literally loving on you, gnawing on your face like, like a baby, you just like chew on their cheeks and be like, oh, no, 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 no. they were doing that to me. In this, from the spirit world to this physical plane. And that was kind of what led me to think, man, I must be crazy because they're loving on me hard, but they're also not here, but they're here, but not here, but here. <laughs> and I learned to say, hey, I know you love me and I feel it, but I'm trying to study. So can you please go by the door <laughs> where you were last week? And they'd be like, okay, cool. So did I answer your question? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. It's it's been a lot. It's it's been an evolution. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's beautiful to touch on and I think this would be helpful for our listeners to think about this as well as building a relationship as you said with your spiritual guides the same way that you would do that with your people in real life mm-hmm. or on this earthly plane, let's say. Mm-hmm. And that boundaries is a huge part of that. Spirit guides, some spirit guides have great boundaries and some do not. And it's usually, especially for us, coming from a really helpful place, which is the same with probably our loved ones on this earthly plane as well. I'm thinking of a few that don't have great boundaries. So I put them up and that might be confusing for them because they're not used to that and so on and so forth. It's really different with every guide, but that is a beautiful way to to put that. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As long as we're respectful with them. Yeah, totally. And I I actually had the pleasure of witnessing the lady who walks with Stefan, not in a physical form, but this this woman or this, this energy really shows herself when Steph is performing. And it's literally like night and day in a very interesting way. I remember this one specific performance in Trinidad. I think the only one that I went to while I was there. And I remember on the drive there, you were so nervous. And you were like, oh, I don't know if this is going to be good. And it was all this like back and forth. And we're all, you know, like, girl, you'll be fine. Like, you're going to do amazing. And then you get on the stage and it's like, like the example of Beyonce and, and Sasha Fierce. Yeah. Beyonce is very like meek and timid, but then when Sasha Fierce is on stage, it's like, boom, you know, I have something to sing and I'm going to share it with the world. So it's very similar to that. So I, having been witness to that transformation, it's very intense. And although Alex and I don't necessarily experience like mystical wellness in that way, we do understand and are super compassionate to this idea of like that exhaustion that comes from interacting with those kind of energies and they're super helpful but again it's like boundaries are so important because if not it's like a, we're like puppets almost you know so we we have to learn how to how to control it yeah yeah work with it for sure i don't want to say control just 
work with yeah work with for sure and then develop develop a recovery process so my question for you is like what is your recovery process now sleep (laughs) straight up that's number one (laughs) self-care for everything and working on the album too every step of working on the album was hearing her and them and listening i mean i i I did self-produce it and do everything by myself but it wasn't by myself (laughs) it was with them Mm -hmm. and i needed to work on the album by myself so that i could develop that listening and that collaboration skill with spirit and i learned in the recording process work with them listen do all of the things and when i get tired rest because it didn't feel like work. But just because it doesn't feel like work doesn't mean that I should keep working just because it's fun. Rest is very, very necessary to keep going. So sleep, journaling, and walking away for stretches of time so that I could come back to it and telling spirit, thank you, like, this is really cool. I'm gonna go to sleep now. Come back to me tomorrow and yeah. And also talking to you, Erica, and my partner, Christian. And um, because I've also discovered the side effect of being so deep in spirit is this near madness, madness as in craziness, where I feel like I'm losing my mind. And so turning to people that I love and being like, am I crazy? Is this stupid? No one's asking for these songs. No one's asking me to make an album. Like, who's going to listen to this? What is this for? I'm not going to make any money. All of the things. And having those people say, no, you're on the right track. This is what you're supposed to be doing. Don't you remember how you feel when you're feeling good? Like, you're going to feel that again. And yeah, having your soul tribe, as you say. Mm-hmm. And also incense. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, let me add one more thing. Yeah, it's funny because when it's your process all of the pieces become so rote and routine that it, you do have to think, oh, what what do I need to do to put myself in the right frame of mind? I, I, I don't know if this is an intuitive poll, but I keep wanting to talk to you about like the Beatles process in um, recording because the Beatles, I mean, and, and John and, and Paul were basically like the, the helm of this, but they created in such different ways. So, but they were both really fast and it felt like it was uh, the way that they describe it too. It was like, it just came to me. I went in the studio. I didn't have words, but I had to get like this stuff out of me. And a lot of their songs were just like one take and like songs we, you know, that are like the most yeah. powerful songs potentially in pop music during that time and, and were so influential. So I'm just so fascinated by talking to anybody that has this gift because, again, like Erica mentioned, I, I do not have that. I, but I very much enjoy music, and it's such an integral part of my life, and I know many of our listeners' lives. So take us to, like, the actual studio process and what is that <laughs> like for you? Because as you said, you know, I'm alone, but I'm not alone. And it's almost like you have a band, a spiritual band with you. Hmm. Yeah. There's a word in Garifuna, oh, my mom just told me, Ichigahot. And that's, that's what we call, and it's the same thing that you said, the inspiration of way back in the day, before there were recording technology and anything, a song would come to people in my culture in a dream, or they would just hear it. And they would have to hurry and teach it to the person next to them so that the song can be remembered and then 
they teach it to the village and then the whole village knows it and and that's how it's and it's not just songs but also poetry and and ideas for things so the recording process it depends on the song i <laughs> this might be classless but i'm going to be real so when a song comes it's kind of like how you know when you need to poop <laughs> sometimes you can say "Ooh, i need to go use the bathroom but like this can wait, I can hold it because I'm on the train or whatever. <laughs> and then other times it's like, yo, I need to go right now. I'm getting off at the next stop. <laughs> right. And then other times, like if you're going to the doctors and you, you have to do like some kind of test, you have to induce the need to use the bathroom, right? So it's kind of like that. Sometimes this is like a knock on the door of my mind, like, hey, I'm here, I need to come through. And I know the woman, I know her name, but I'm not allowed to share it. She'll be like, yo, now's the time. And <laughs> because I walk with my phone, because I'm a millennial, I can, like if I'm washing the dishes or, or driving, I can whip out my phone and record the loop and then get home, pick up my guitar and do the thing. Other times I'm about to go to sleep and the song comes. And at this point, I know to just plug in my microphone and go straight into recording. Other times something has happened in my life and I'm so filled with emotion that I can't sift out what it is I'm feeling. And in that case, I pick up my guitar. I sit at the altar of my soul. That's the best way I can describe it. I just sit down, strum a little bit and let it come through i can say that i i open myself to what is there and it comes i hope that makes sense no it, it makes so, it makes total okay. sense it makes total so, sense for example i am divine my song i am divine or even prayer song those songs just came it was like dictation and i am divine especially I was not myself when it came through. I was not myself. I had gone to a show, someone started singing at this restaurant. I was spiritually activated, came home and recorded it one time. And I re properly recorded it months later, but that song came together in like a day <laughs> or like a couple days. And prayer song, same thing. The pandemic came. I was overwhelmed by the pandemic being what it is, people dying, and on the streets of Spain and the streets of Madrid, it was as if things were normal and I just couldn't reconcile that in my brain. And I just fell to my knees in prayer. And so the, the song, prayer song, came out like that. And that also came together in just a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So the song and the melody with the guitar will come together. I lay that down first. And then when I listen to it back, I hear what's supposed to come next. Like, okay, layer the vocals, you know, harmonies. Okay, find this sound. And I, you know, dig into the garage band library and find that sound that I'm hearing. And mm -hmm. it just, yeah. It's like having someone next to you being like, okay, and like, this is what we need. It's, it's, it's like that, but from the spirit world. Yeah. It's really cool to talk about this because I don't get to go as detailed into how I work with spirit, but I work with spirit. 
interviews on Instagram, the track by track that I love. And I was specifically listening to you talk about the process of acknowledge. And I heard you say that, you know, just in general, that your songs are medicine and mantras for yourself, but for other people. But as people are listening, how can we make the lyrics of the song more practical and applicable in our everyday lives, right? So are there rituals we should perform around the lyrics? Is it about like doing mirror work? Is it listening to the song every day? Like I would just love mm-hmm. uh, for you to share, because I'm sure our listeners are going to go and listen to your songs and it's, begun, it's going to become part of their medicine cabinet. But like, how can they actually embody the lyrics of your song for that main purpose of healing i envision and this is my prayer really that people find a moment to themselves whatever quiet moment whatever quiet space they have in their day and really absorb what i am saying and what i'm singing and taking it from there i think my songs are a portal it does what it does for me singing it over and over and over again, which is why I use so much repetition because I need to hear it. Sometimes I forget, you know, I forget that I'm divine. So I go and listen to I am divine and I sing along. And at the end of the five and a half minutes, I'm reminded I am divine. So ideally my listeners would do that. They would listen to the song, maybe sing along at the end of yoga and Shavasana, maybe let it seep into their bones and seep into their soul. And that whatever comes up while they're listening, that they pay attention to that. Because I've always told people, if you're afraid of your own emotions, don't listen to me. Don't listen to my songs. Walk out the door because things will come up. And the things that come up are things that you should be paying attention to. And if you're not ready for that, well, I'm sorry. (laughs) But that's why it's medicine. It's medicine for me because I am healing myself because... I know these truths, I need to hear it, and I need the repetition so I can remember it and so that it can become part of my DNA and so that it can become natural. And I think that's the same for others if they're willing. It's, I'm struck by, and Erica is pointing to this, you're pointing to this, this idea of medicine and medicine doesn't always go down smooth, but you do need it. And so, like very similarly to going to the doctor or going to a a practitioner that you're hoping will heal you, you sort of are so ready for it at that point. If it's really acute that you're ready, you are ready to hear it. Okay. I have an autoimmune disorder. What do I need to do next? What, what do I take? What do I, how do I take care of this? But many times, and this is unfortunately a product of our society, we're walking around really out of it, really out of touch, really like distracted. And it's almost designed that way. (laughs) It is designed that way. That's what I believe. So that we're not in tune. And so sometimes when people are coming to a practitioner, they are shocked. So these disclaimers are important to talk about too, because I feel the same way. If you're not ready to hear, I have a client later today that I'm actually nervous about because he's so unwilling to like hear anything negative. And I'm like thinking about in this conversation, like, how will I brace that with him today? Because I've been very much like a enabler doctor up until this point, if I'm honest with myself. 
what will it be? You know, what, how, how will I deliver? Of course, we have to have bedside manner, but yeah. this metaphor is really, really impactful, I think, to talking about this art as medicine. Yeah, but you can give them the water, but you can't make them drink it. Mm-hmm. They have to be willing to drink it. I think, to your point, society numbs us so much, or we numb ourselves. And for many people, they're walking around with so much stuffed inside them and once i think people recognize that if they deal with just one if they acknowledge just one tendril of emotion the the worms all of the worms will be out and then you have to deal with all of the things and who wants to deal with all of the things when you could just get drunk and have a bunch of sex and i don't know whatever people (laughs) whatever your vice is yeah whatever your vice is whatever we're doing in this world, we have to deal with ourselves first. And how else can we know what's going on if we don't just sit with ourselves, which is why I guess I call it medicine. We have to sit with ourselves and find out what's wrong and why it's wrong and where did it go wrong. And the feelings, we have feelings. Our feelings deserve attention. Okay. No, that was perfect. And when you speak about this idea of like, if you're not ready, don't listen. I I know that's true because um, I love you. So I'm going to support anything that you do. So the minute that I heard that the album was released, I'm like, yeah, I'm listening to it. But in my mind, I'm listening to it like, I don't know, listening to, you know, a pop song. So I'm ready to to go and I'm triggered. I'm like, oh, here we go. Here we go. I am divine. Okay. I am worthy. I am worthy. I am worth healing. That was a part of I am divine that would always, something would resonate with me because of my trauma have have struggled with um, believing that I am worthy. So you're a hundred percent correct. Like the, what Alex said, you know, medicine is not always easy to go down, but to know that you are worthy enough of that anecdote to move forward in your life in a greater space of wellness. So just our listeners, just know, listen to the songs. They're absolutely amazing. But just be very, very abundantly clear that it will trigger something within you, but whatever it triggers, it's, 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 it's a catalyst to your healing. It, it and to that point, I'm reminded, <laughs> I think I know the song that you're talking about, my song, and it does this to me too, the song Tell Me Why. Oh, that's it. That's where it. I say, I ask, And that song actually is spirit asking me, tell me why I run and hide from myself. Tell me why I run and hide. And at the end of the song, I state all of the reasons why I run and hide. I'm afraid of the things inside of me. I'm afraid of the skeletons. I'm afraid of the darkness. I'm afraid that I'm not worth healing. All of those things. Singing that live, which I haven't done very often, but it's just, ooh, it's all of my inner darkness revealed to the world but at the same time i have to acknowledge it to myself the same as with the song i acknowledge i acknowledge all of the darkness all of the pain not comparing it to anyone else's but just acknowledging it holding it crying over it and then letting it go you know and some people i'm struck by this too some people need it in a pop song and some people take those lyrics and I'm thinking about like the Backstreet Boys song like ain't nothing but a heartache I'm like if you sang that in the way that you sing it 
Like, you know what I mean? It's like a very different package that is most likely going to be oh, more that's impactful. true. That's you know true. what I mean? You know, like this is, these are raw emotions that songwriter, I mean, a songwriter wrote that song. It wasn't the Backstreet Boys, at least, you know, I don't think so. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll fact check it later, but I'm almost positive. But do you know what I mean? Like it came from somewhere. It came from someone's pain and heartbreak. And what did they do? They packaged it in a bubblegum pop song and it sold a million records. Absolutely. But that feeling is not unique. All of these feelings are not unique. Yeah. So whether you acknowledge it's your soul tribe coming through you, your spirit coming through you, you know, like a divine creativity in, in, in your work, or you bop along while you're putting your makeup on hopefully it's permeating something or hitting you different at some point when you need that but we like you said you know you lead a horse to water but yeah my vibe is more like the meditation yoga tree hugging Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh plant eating type person (laughs) (laughs) not limited to those people not limited to those people but that's my that's my demographic i think Mm -hmm. yeah but like the, okay. the the message is mm-hmm. is so universal that hopefully at some point in everyone's life they are hugging a tree and listening to your music. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. But we have we all have gifts. We all have the same mission, which is really healing. And we all have we all have different ways of going about it. And we're touching the people who receive it in the way that we're giving it, which is why just because 10 other people are doing the same thing doesn't mean that we're in competition with each other. We're just reaching different people and it's all necessary. That's what I tell myself when I get into the comparison spiral. Like, oh, there are 10 other singer songwriters or like 50 other people. They have all these followers. But I remind myself and also spirit reminds me. And this is how I know it's real. Even in my deepest spiral of why am I doing whatever, the voice comes and it's just like, hey, you're touching who you need to touch and you need to do the thing. And I've learned to be obedient because disobedience means that I don't feel good and I don't like not feeling good. So it sounds corny, but even if you reach one person, that person is a whole world that affects a whole other series of worlds. And yeah, I have that up on my wall to remind me. I love that. And I guess as we transition to concluding our time with you today, typically I ask people or our guests rather to just share what's on your heart. But for you specifically, it was a quote that came to me as I was watching another lovely spiritual team. I was re-watching Super Soul Sunday with Oprah and Ilanya Van Zandt, and we both adore it. We all love all of them. Um, Auntie Ianla. Yeah, but we we have a very special affinity for Auntie Ilanya. And she said this quote, and I knew that when I heard it, that I had to ask you what this means to you. So the quote is, there's no greater battle in life than the battle between the parts of you that want to be healed and those parts of you that want to stay comfortable and content with remaining the same. What do you feel what do you have to share with the audience about that specific word? Damn girl. <laughs> Curveball. <laughs> I told you they were coming. <laughs> hmm. I am a soul. I have a body. 
And while my soul is the truth of who I am and my truest self, the fact is I inhabit this body that comes with living in this world that is bent on reminding me that I am nothing and that I should just turn off all the senses and be a zombie. But the fact is, is that I am a soul and I'm, I was put on this earth for a divine purpose. And come hell or high water, ooh, the Caribbean accent coming out. <laughs> <laughs> come, come hell and high water, I have to do what I was put here to do. I am here to be healed. And in my healing, I'm healing others. And it is something that I must do, whether I feel like it or not. And even the moments where I don't feel like it and I want to turn off, spirit allows me to turn off. And I watch the nanny and, you know, <laughs> Fresh Prince and all of the things. But then I'm brought back to center because there can be no other way. And when I'm in complete alignment with my soul self, because we're always at war with the soul and the body, when I'm, complete, when I'm in complete alignment with my soul self, that's the greatest feeling. And I remember the dopamine effects of what it feels like to be in alignment so that when I'm out of it, I can remember, oh, yeah, I need to, I need to get back. Yeah. Itarala. That means amen. I'm sorry. Itarala means amen in Garifuna. <laughs> I need a little, uh, yeah, I need a little, like, translation. <laughs> a lot of times I'm around people who speak a ton of Polish because my partner is Polish. And half the time people stop and translate for me and I would say it's it has been less recently but it's okay you know and I catch the words that I know and I'm like okay about this. <laughs> you'll pick it up but that was beautiful I, I sort of knew that that was a closing stamp of um, prayer so that was perfect where can everybody find you for so where where is your music where is your healing where can it be accessed my music is in all of the places YouTube, Spotify, Tidal, completely accessible because while we live in a capitalist world, I believe that we all should have access to healing. If you would like to support me directly, you can buy the album on Bandcamp as opposed to Amazon because Bandcamp actually supports its artists. The money actually gets into my bank account. <laughs> Unlike Amazon, which I ain't seen that yet, but that's okay. Bezos has all of his money. And on Instagram, you can find me as ferosa.cayetano. My website is ferosa.band and Instagram is my jam. Well, we'll link to all of your, to your, to your handle and your website so that people know where to find you. And we're also going to be working with you soon on some content. So stay tuned for that, everyone. That will be so fun. So we're really excited to work with you even more. Yes. And it was it was such an honor to have you on the show. I personally love you. So to sort of share you with with Alex and share you <laughs> with the world was such a privilege to me. We we always would say anytime we talk to each other on the phone, like we should record it and send it out to the world because it's always so deep. So this was sort of our opportunity to share the beauty of your gift, but most importantly, the beauty of your soul and what you have to offer with so many people. So just thank you for being here. And I love you. And I appreciate well, you so you much. Thank you for the work that you're doing. You're reaching people and what you're doing is necessary. Thank you.
<laughs> Thank you. You're facilitating and awakening all across the world. Totally. You two are doing your part. Oh, thank you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mushy gushiness. We love it. We love it. And we hope that the audience and the Just receive it, okay? Just receive it. Yeah. Receiving it. Receiving thank it. You. Totally. Thank you, Stefan. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. See you next time. Thank you.